0: Welcome to the Spiritual Outliers Podcast, where we explore the uncharted territories of spirituality and self-discovery. In a world where conformity seems to be the norm, we aim to shine a light on the unique and diverse experiences of those who have found their own path to healing and self-awareness. Join me as we delve into the mysteries of the universe, share stories of personal growth, and interview spiritual outliers who have forged their own way to a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just beginning your journey, This podcast is for earthbound misfits who are curious about the limitless possibilities of the human spirit. Welcome back spiritual outliers. This week's episode is going to be one filled with random tidbits and insights about the journey of souls. We will discuss pre-planning our physical incarnations, new souls versus old souls. Some things I experienced while doing mediumship readings last year and how our deceased loved ones can reach out and communicate. I'll share some personal stories starring my own parents who have since transitioned back into non-physical energy, and I'll share some other interesting things I've learned along the way. Before we begin, a loving shout out to my beautiful friend, Jenna. Our conversation last week helped inspire and recirculate many of these theories and previously learned notions on the journey of souls. So please note that much of what I'm about to share here are theories, some are anecdotal based on my experiences, and some are what I've learned from other spiritual teachers and free thinkers. I am not claiming that my hypotheses are absolute or correct. This is merely information i have learned stored and now i'm sharing what i find to be interesting with you so a little forewarning before i begin this this uh, may be triggering for some as i do talk about death reincarnation and the journey of souls i believe that the soul is eternal and death is merely a transitional phase of one state of being back into a state of pure consciousness. The body is basically shed like a snake sheds its skin, but the soul is intact. If you're still up for diving into this episode with me, grab some tea, hot chocolate, or adult beverage of your choice, and let's get into it. Old souls and new souls. Time doesn't really seem applicable to souls. An old soul may be a soul that feels old because of innate wisdom and understanding acquired through thousands of reincarnations. They've been around the block a few times. This isn't their first rodeo. A new soul may be fresh to incarnating in a physical vessel, but it doesn't mean that a new soul cannot be wise. It seems to depend on the level of difficulty of their soul curriculum that's set up prior to being in a body. They could have their mode set to level impossible. Also, I should note that some of these newer souls may have decided to stay on the other side to help guide souls here on the physical plane, which could be based on a soul contract that is in place. The truth about prior incarnations and pre-planning our lives from the other side there's this glorification of past life experiences in new age spirituality like i was a shaman in a past life i was an ancient egyptian queen and that may be true i'm not denying the existence of these potentialities but the commonality of which i see this regurgitated over and over again. How we glorify our past existences is kind of shocking to me, yet realistically, I feel we were all probably like a piece of shit in some previous incarnations as well. If the soul is to have a well-rounded perspective and understanding of playing the villain versus the good guy and anywhere in between the two, we have to play an array of different characters. For example we may have a soul contract in place with someone in our soul group that states in our last incarnation we were brother and sister now in this incarnation we are father and daughter swapping roles is not a punishment it's a glimpse into a different perspective it's quite literally walking in someone else's shoes if we were all actors in the play of life then we are all here to play different characters i read a really awesome article on medium titled, Life is School for the Soul. There is so much I wish to share from this piece, but since I can't read it in its entirety for this episode, I will leave a link to the article in my show notes if you wish to read it. So he is quoting someone else's work here, White Feather, I believe, in what I'm about to read, but it's worth mentioning because it illustrates my point. We have, to varying degrees, pre planned much of our experience, and our experiences with other souls while in a physical body before we ever incarnate into a vessel as many souls as there are on this planet there are as many unique blueprints for existing on this earth and you may ask well which is it do we create before or during our life since that brings law of attraction into the equation but i think it's both i think some souls have given themselves complete freedom and autonomy to create as they go while some souls have created destiny points or fated situations all dependent on the special curriculum they have put into place for themselves so as promised above this is the quote as originally stated by white feather in marcus's article which i will leave a link to in the show notes what if every single person you meet in your life you've met before in other lives imagine that for a moment just for fun no one is a stranger everyone is a soulmate acting out every conceivable sort of relationship It is like taking two actors and putting them on a stage, then giving them a few hundred different plays to act out together. In one play, actor A is a father and actor B is a daughter. In another play, actor A is a soldier and actor B is also a soldier who happens to kill actor A. In another play, actors A and B fall in love and have seven kids. In another play, actors A and B never meet until right before they die. In yet another play, actor A is a wife who is beaten by her husband who happens to be actor B. In still another life, actors A and B end up being a songwriting team as well as gay lovers who write several Broadway musicals together. Then there is the life A and B live together in the jungles of Sumatra. It was primitive times, and A and B were hunting together. A slipped on a steep ledge on the side of a mountain and breaks his leg. Actor B is afraid to climb down to save A, and he leaves A to die. So if there's someone in our lives who appears to be an enemy, they may have been our lover in another play, another life. And our lover may have been our slave master or murderer in another life. If someone trusts us completely, they may have betrayed us in another life. And those who betray us may very well have been betrayed by us before. So that was the quote by Whitefeather. And then I'd like to bring into play Dolores Cannon's work. And her life's work was primarily around past life regression and hypnosis. She stated So each round in the game is when you are alive here on earth. Your spirit is here playing the game. Then, when you die, that is the end of that particular round. If you decide you want to play another round, then you are born again. Or if you want to drop out for a round or two, then you do. And time passes. And later on, if you decide you want to play another round of the game, you are born again and so the cycle repeats. Death Days and Exit Points After my mom passed away in 2021, I found oracle decks that would help me communicate with her. When I figured out that I was finding a lot of healing through this process, I wanted to pass it along to others, so I briefly began a TikTok to do mediumship readings for others who were struggling with their own grieving process. The TikTok was aptly named Grief Relieved. The account no longer exists, by the way, because I decided one day that it was no longer what I wanted to do, but it was deeply fulfilling for the several months that I did it. In one particular reading, I received the card. I had to leave that way. And I tried my best not to be triggering while delivering the message. To be honest, it was difficult to say this knowing the sensitivity of the matter. I received a lot of kickback from this message in the comment section. For some, the message brought relief. But for some, it fueled their anger and inability to move on because their loved one died due to the malevolent actions of others. Keep in mind the story that I just read because I think it puts the story in perspective. But in the comments section, I received some kickback about what I had said. In one particular case, the deceased loved one had been killed via a vehicular hit and run. The perpetrator had never been brought to justice. And understandably, there was still confusion and hurt because there were kids that were left behind amid the tragedy. And I totally understand why they came after me in the comment section. I get it. I'm compassionate to that. So before I sound insensitive, let me say that I am not justifying reprehensible behavior or acts of violence, especially as mentioned above in that specific story. I am by and large just sharing that the soul will experience what it has set out to enact for reasons only known by them and the perpetrator. This would likely be an instance in which the souls were swapping experiences. But I believe many souls have preplanned their exits. I learned this from the author Anita Morjani, who had a near-death experience and wrote a book on the subject called Dying to Be Me. The general idea is that some souls know when they will physically leave this plane of existence, as they have a set date and specific circumstances surrounding their death. While other souls have soft openings or exit points in which, at the time of their choosing, After having completed their life's mission, they can stick around for a while or depart from this world when they feel they're ready to go. The specific set of circumstances surrounding a soul's death are unique unto them. Also, the soul can choose to feel pain or feel no pain when they pass. My understanding is that they control the narrative around their passing based on what kind of understanding they wish to gain from the experience. My mother, for instance, chose to depart this world while she was under anesthesia. It was supposed to be a routine procedure in which they cauterized a blood vessel in her nose to stop her nose from bleeding, but they couldn't wake her up from surgery. They ruled that the cause of death was cardiac arrest, but I felt that her passing in this way served three purposes. A, it was ultimately the way in which she wanted to depart quietly and peacefully. B, she felt like she had experienced enough physical suffering through her illness and had learned what she needed to learn. Her mission was complete. And C, this was a way in which she could pass that would not leave me racked with guilt. If my mom had passed away at home, I would feel that it was my fault because she was under my watch and care. And as I had contractually agreed to be her caregiver, at least, I suspect that we have a soul contract together. Among many other things, we agreed to learn together in this lifetime. My understanding is that we have been together for many lifetimes and will be together again. I was also learning my own share of what it means to be here for family because my North Node is in Taurus in the fourth house. I feel that my purpose in this life, and perhaps what has been my most important purpose to date, was to take care of her and be there for her because I have a freedom seeking nature about me. It takes very little for me to feel stifled and feel like I want to break free. I quite literally wanted to run away from the situation because it was so hard for me to experience and take care of another human being. But I was stuck in this situation so that I could learn what it means to be there for my family and what it means to not run when the going gets tough. I learned compassion, patience, and empathy. The experience I had with her opened me up to being a better human being all around. Since then, I find deep fulfillment in helping others. I believe it helped open me up to being of service to others. On the subject of passing from this world to the next, From the book Journey of Souls by Michael Newton, he says, regardless of their state of mind right after death, my subjects are full of exclamations about rediscovered marvels of the spirit world. Usually this feeling is combined with euphoria that all their worldly cares have been left behind, especially physical pain. Above all else, the spirit world represents a place of supreme quiescence to the traveling soul. Although it may at first appear, we are alone immediately following death. We are not isolated or unaided. Unseen intelligent energy forces guide each of us through the gate. So my understanding as it relates to the act of departing this world is that we are joined by loved ones who have already passed to greet us on the other side. Prior to passing, hospice workers and nurses have noticed a behavior in terminally ill patients who are soon to pass, yet they're still completely lucid. It's a term called visioning, in which they begin to see their deceased loved ones and pets who are with them in their life's journey. On that note, some souls may be receiving information that they will pass away months before they actually depart this world. Of course the time frame can vary. It could be days, it could be months before they pass, maybe even a year. When my father passed away in November of 2002, months before I was supposed to graduate high school, he was getting his financial ducks in a row, so to speak. He paid off the house and other debts, all the while he was advising my mom that should anything happen to him, she should sell the house. We both discussed it after his passing and agreed that he knew that he would be passing soon, but he never conveyed that to us. Fast forward to mid-2021, months before my mom departed, I was receiving oracle cards that said something to the effect, tell your loved one how much they mean to you while they're among the living. I remember thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Could it be that mom will die soon? No, I don't think so. She'll be here for a very long time, at least a few more years. But I was in denial. I didn't really want to believe that she was going to pass soon. However, I really took note of what she was listening to. She would play Fields of Gold by Sting. That was one song. And I remember how obsessed she was with this song, playing it over and over again through Alexa. And I remember having the distinct thought, when she's gone, this will be a song that I listen to and remember her by. To this day, I hear it randomly in my Spotify playlist, and more recently, I heard it while in a grocery store in Florida. And I'll share another experience with another song that has meaning for my family here in a bit. But other songs that she was listening to were about growing wings and flying. Too many to discount, because I'm I'm that type of person that notices patterns and repeating events. So she listened to Silver Wings by Merle Haggard, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly, and Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. She had been incredibly sick for a few years with her health on the decline prior to her passing. I knew that she felt like a prisoner in her own body, and she was wishing to be free of the burden of illness and physical pain. Those songs to me were demonstrating that she would soon be free of her physical limitations. The dead have ways of communicating with us in the physical realm after my dad had passed away whenever my mom would get in the car this is prior to her own passing but whenever she would get in the car and the radio would be playing she would hear the song every breath you take by sting and you're probably like well that's a creepy song about stalking and that's true it is (laughs) but the lyrics were pretty chilling and compelling that he was talking to her From beyond the grave and i'm sure you probably know the song but i'll read a few of the lyrics oh can't you see you belong to me how my poor heart aches with every step you take every move you make and every vow you break every smile you fake every claim you stake i'll be watching you every move you make every step you take i'll be watching you To her, it was his way of telling her that he could still see her and he was still with her. The frequency of which the song would come on the radio as soon as she turned on the car was really hard to dismiss as mere coincidence. Then one day we experienced this phenomenon together. So many years ago, my mom and I had flown into Florida for a family trip to visit my aunt. One evening, we were all getting into different cars to drive to a bar on the beach my mom and I were sitting in the backseat together. So my aunt, not knowing the story about the song, and by the way, the radio was not on, my aunt slid into the driver's seat and she began singing the song, Every Breath You Take by Sting. My mom and I immediately looked at each other in absolute amazement by what had just taken place. We knew that my dad was coming through my aunt that day. My deceased mom also found a way to speak with me in early 2022 and I will share this story. So recycling gets put out every other Friday and usually my partner puts it at the end of the driveway as one of his spousely duties and I am so grateful for that. But one day I decided I wanted the extra steps on a particularly nice day in March which is kind of a rarity in Ohio during that month. March can be really crazy with the weather. But it was like a little internal nudge to roll the recycling can down to the end of the driveway. Nothing crazy. So when I began walking back up the driveway, I happened to look to my right and saw something red sitting on the lawn. Assuming it was just trash, I got closer so I could pick it up. It turns out it was a deflated heart balloon that says, I love you. I immediately began bawling because I knew in my heart that it was a message from her there was absolutely no denying it. Like if I picked up the trash from the yard on a regular basis or put the recycling down every other Friday, I might say it was just totally random and doesn't have any meaning. But I know better. I know. I can't explain how I know. I just knew that it was like a nudge from perhaps my mom to take the recycling down and get a message from her. What I feel is that sometimes we get subtle nudges that feel like our own intuition. When in actuality, we are being guided by a loved one on the other side so they can get a message through. This has happened to me several times where I get nudged to go do something that seems totally unrelated to my loved one and then I get a message. But I hope that this continues. I hope that I continue to get more messages. So If you have these subtle or weird nudges to go somewhere, or do this, or talk to someone, like follow it. You might be surprised where it leads, as it may end up being what you need to hear from someone who is no longer on this plane of existence anymore. I think I am going to cut the episode here. It's been pretty random and perhaps a little bit all over the place, but I hope that it's been interesting at least. If you're new here, please subscribe to my podcast and share it with someone you love. Thank you so much for being here with me, Outliers. I appreciate your presence here. I will see you next Friday.